Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Emma. And I'm Becky. And it's just us! Yes! Yes, it is! Tash is poorly. Kisses to our lovely Tash, who is currently in bed, suffering. She is. Have a lovely sleep, darling. It's weird. It's like the original, it's like our first recording that was so awkward where we sounded so terrified. (laughs) We did. We sounded so bad. I sometimes listen to it for a good cringe. Oh, I haven't listened to it for ages, but I did get a message recently. It was from John who started listening again and he's like, you sound so scared. And I was like, John, we were. We had no idea what we were doing. So that's why I leave it up there. It's comedy value. See, you always start with the newer episodes. And then if you like us, then you go back to the beginning and then you have a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. We really came into our own then when Tash joined. It just completed us. It did. It did. We did need Tash. I don't know what we're going to do today. We know Tinder with Tash. What, what about Broadband Man? Who knows? That's probably why she's so sick. All that saliva. From the broadband. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Do you know, last week, this made me chuckle. Last week we asked if people recognised our voices. Yeah. Yeah. I got a message and it's from Verity, who is Tasha's mum, for people who haven't followed along. (laughs) I don't know how to feel about what she said. (laughs) No. Oh, God, no. What is it? (laughs) Obviously, Verity can tell us apart, but that's probably because she knows us. But she said, Emma, accent a bit like you've got a cold. So, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think she just means the last few weeks. I hope she means just the last few weeks. Or I just generally sound like... I think you're the most well-spoken out of the three. Well, apparently I speak well, but nasally. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think it's just recently with your your bout of flu. Oh, maybe, maybe. I'm still not 100%, as you can probably hear, Verity. (laughs) She says she can't hear that I'm Northern, which is surprising to me, because when I edit sometimes... I can hear myself dropping my H's, and I'm, I'm like, oh my God, actually, you can really tell that I'm Northern, but apparently you can't, but I am. But there you go. So that's what she had to say about me. Then it was your turn, Becky. (laughs) (laughs) Becky, Yorkshire lass, a bit blonde. (laughs) That's it. I have red hair currently, so. Yeah, Yeah. but you're still a bit blonde. Mm Mm-hmm. Tasha, Essex girl through and through, sex mad. (laughs) Sex mad? (laughs) Oh, imagine your mum saying that about you. Oh, my daughter, she's sex mad. She's sex mad. Oh, so funny. So thanks, Verity, for that. I I hope I'm not feeling so coldy this week. Yeah. No, you sound better. You do. Thank you, sweetie. And and you sound, you know, not blonde. Yeah. Shall we do the horror song from last week? Mm-hmm. It was yours. It was mine. It was. Ooh. What was it? It was Flowers by Miley Cyrus. It was indeed. I got two right answers. I got Ruth. So well done, Ruth. 
Ruth is just like every week at the minute, she's just getting them right constantly. Yeah, I think Ruth has, has hacked all of our computers and knows exactly what we're doing at all times. <laughs> Either that or it's Charlie. Charlie's done that. Charlie's Oh, Charlie, yeah. He's whispering to her. Oh, that's made it horrible. <laughs> I'd much prefer to be hacked. <laughs> but don't hack me, don't hack me, please. So, yeah, Ruth got it right. And Stacy, so well done, Stacy, and thanks for playing. And um, what the fuck was everybody else doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were you doing? Actually, I think reading mine back, apart from the the fact that I put the word flowers in there, I think possibly twice, it is quite hard to work out. I didn't get it. Mm. Uh, uh, to be fair, Tasha's not here, so we could possibly have more answers on Instagram, but we are not aware of them. We'll know next week. Yeah, we'll know next week if you answered on Instagram. Bex, did you have a few emails for us? Um, I had a message on on Facebook. It was off one of our, our friends, Carly, and she said, you know, I was asking how I am. And then she was like, I was absolutely howling this morning listening to you call your husband an asshole because you he made you a weak ass tea. <laughs> oh yes that was so funny she was so disappointed that the the sound of utter disdain that i met i was like yeah what's that and then tasha you and tasha were like "Ah." i was like what's that and um and she was like literally sounded like how i am with uh, with my partner and with his lovely pet names that I have for him. Anyway, love him the podcast and been catching up lately with it all. So thank you very much, oh. Carly. Thanks, Carly. Yeah. Oh, and I got a spam email saying that a girl called Naomi owed us money so that we had to click a link to claim the free money. And it said free money on there. So I thought that possibly was a scam. So... Maybe not legit. Wasn't a Nigerian prince? No, just Naomi. Thanks for the offer, Naomi, but I we're going to pass. Yeah, I don't think you owe me money, so it's okay. Yeah, you keep that money, darling. You keep it. We're not mm-hmm. clicking that link. Nope. Nope. Anyway, no Tinder with Tash. Have you been on a Tinder date? Oh, I'll tell you what I did do. I went shopping with some friends and ate a cake shaped like a dick. Oh, you ate a dick on a stick. Dick on a stick. It was like a a mix between a waffle and a cupcake and it was stuffed with Nutella covered in white chocolate that was all different colours of the rainbow. And it was amazing. It was very pretty. It was very pretty and it was stupidly nice. I really didn't think it would taste as good as it was. So there was dicks which is what i chose or you could have fufuns which is little fannies little vaginas <laughs> not little they were just like the same size as the dicks so they but weren't the place little. the place was it actually called like la kekerie yeah like the dickity dick place <laughs> <laughs> dickwaffle.com yeah dickity dick don't google dickwaffle I I don't know what it is, but I've got a feeling it would be very bad. So nobody Googled Dick Waffle. Yeah, well, it just come up with the purple, that classic purple waffle. It was Blue Waffle. Oh, oh, that's what it was, Blue. 
And again, nobody Google that. Bad. Bad things happen when you Google that. Don't Google it. Mank. But yeah. yeah I... You ate a dick. I ate a dick on a stick, and it was really, really nice. And really fill in, I didn't eat my tea. <laughs> oh, there you go. I didn't go on a Tinder date, but I did eat a dick. So there we are. Yeah, I think that counts. I say that counts. Someone probably told me, go eat a dick, and I I did. I yeah. did that. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. Do you know what you should have done is you should have bought multiple dicks, brought them home in a bag, and then when somebody told you to eat a bag of dicks, you'd be like, right, I'm on it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. And these are nice. Fucking yeah. delicious. Really, really, really nice. So, yeah, there's quite a few of those shops apparently in France, and there was sheer outrage in the area where it opened before it opened. Because uh, people were saying that it was, what's the word? Outrageous. They basically said, you know, that it was too rude to have a shop like that. But it's nowhere near any schools or anything like that. It's not like any children would be, unless they purposely were going to look at the dick waffle shop, which is right in the back. Like All at the front is all flowers and stuff. You always get dick in the back, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was very nice. It was a very pretty shop. Mm-hmm. Very pretty for dicks and fannies. Dicks should be pretty. They definitely were. Right. Shall we get on with some stories? Yes. Yes. I think it's me to start. Uh, yeah, I think it is you. Do you remember your Byford Dolphin story where we went on a little mind trip with you before the actual story? What do you mean? Am I going to get a little science lesson or a little history trip? No, I'm just going to take you on the same mind trip that I had to get to this story. All right, okay, all right, I get you now. Like, where you went to get to this story, I get you. Okay, so, this week, I started off wanting to do something a little different and talking about different methods of torture. Oh, God, (laughs) fucking hell, where did you go in your brain to find this? Or was was it the dildo from the other week? Possibly. Maybe that's what planted the seed. Oh, the seed of the dildo. (laughs) Go on then. Tell me what this seed grew into. So I wanted to find out about these different methods of torture all across the ages. And the more I researched, the more I realised that actually us Brits seem to have been particularly gruesome and inventive when it came to torture. However, I decided that just torture devices wasn't spooky enough because, you know, I am supposed to do spooky stuff. So I began to look for hauntings attached to stories of people being tortured. And again, my research kept bringing me back to one place, good old England. And to one place in particular. Can you guess which place that could be, Becky? Um, the York Dungeons? No, almost. I mean, no, complete opposite corners of the country. But you're on the right track. It took me to the Tower of London. Ooh. There were so many places that it could be, I panicked. No, but York Dungeon was a good shout. But a I good don't... shout. There's a lot of torture going down there. So yeah. yeah. If you're ever in York, it's a good place to visit if you want a touch of torture with your uh, Yorkshire pudding roll. <laughs> I find stuff like that really interesting. I I think it's just like my morbid curiosity. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. What the art dungeons are, just torture in general. Not torture in general. That makes me sound fucked (laughs) up. I just love torture. I love torture. (laughs) I love torture. (laughs) I love talking about torture. (laughs) I just. (laughs) 
I can't dig myself out this hole. (laughs) So this week, my story will be about the history of the tower. The poor souls that were locked up there and the ghosts that still reside inside its walls. Now, if you're like me, i.e. an uncultivated swine, (laughs) I imagine the tower as being just that, a tower. But no, that's all I've been thinking of. Literally, Rapunzel Tower, but all spooky looking. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. Oh, see, uncultivated swine. Ah, that we are. So it's more like a complex of buildings, like a palace or a fortress. So the tower was set. Sorry about this. You're going to have to have a bit of a history lesson, but you know, that's just standard practice. I'm down for it. I love history lessons. Right, here we go. So the tower was founded in 1066 as part of the Norman Conquest. So the Norman Conquest is where England was occupied by the Normans, the Bretons. The Bretons? Is that how you say that in in English? The Bretons? Yeah, the Bretons. The Bretons? Yeah. The, Bret- the Bretons? The Bretons? I don't know. Just see how it just just go with the flow. Yeah, them anyway. The Flemish and the French. The White Tower, which gives the building its name, was built by William the Conqueror in 1078. The tower is also known as the Keep or the Dungeon. Since then, it it was built on, and extensions were added up until 1663 to give it the appearance it has today. So that's almost 600 years of remodeling. So I'm kind of not going to complain that my house is taking so long to renovate now because 600 years is a long time. It is. That is a long time. So if I was to try and explain what the tower looked like, I would say it's a massive stone structure with four turrets at the corners. So it's like a square with four towers on each corner. Can you picture it? What, like a castle? Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. It's more like a fortress or a palace. So it's like a square. There's a grassy bit in the middle. Yeah. And then it's got yeah, four Yeah, I've turrets. Googled it and I've, def- I've seen it before. I'm just an idiot that didn't know what that was. Oh, okay. See, I'd never seen it before. I've never been. And I'd never Googled it. So there we go. Yeah. You Googled it because my explanation wasn't good enough, okay? No, to, <laughs> just to confirm how well that you described that building, uh, and that is exactly how it is, a square with four turrets and a little green bit in the middle. And I think it's got a moat around it, I think. Yes, it has got a moat around it. Yes. So over the centuries, the tower was expanded and modified to accommodate changing needs. So additional walls, towers and buildings were added to the complex, including the Royal Palace, the Jewel House, the Traitor's Gate where prisoners were brought in from the River Thames for treason and the Bloody Tower, which housed higher-ranking prisoners. Because as we'll see, there's some quite posh people that get shut up in the tower. It also homes the Tower Green, which is the grassy area inside the tower. You know when I was saying, like, it's a square with a grassy bit in the middle? Yeah. That's what that is. So that grassy area is where the executions took place. Ooh. The medieval palace, which is a collection of buildings that date back to the 13th and 14th century, they were used as royal apartments, including the king's bedchamber and the queen's bedchamber and the Wakefield Tower. It also had a royal menagerie from the 13th to the 19th century. So there are records of elephants, baboons, leopards, lions, and even a polar bear that used to go fishing in the River Thames. 
Oh my god. Can you imagine? A fucking polar bear. Yeah. They're huge. Have you seen how big they are? Aren't they like one of the most dangerous animals on the planet, a polar bear? Yeah. And they're huge. They're massive. Poor thing as well. And the River Thames. I mean, it's a bit like going to swim in soup. Polluted soup. I don't know. I was going to say especially back then, but I bet even now it's not that great. But this is like medieval soup. I have bad dreams about falling into the River Thames and like breathing in all the manky water. Do you? Yeah, I have a lot of drowning dreams. Do you know, I have a lot of dreams about sinking boats and trying to rescue people from the water. I'm always trying to rescue people. Why do people keep falling into the river in my dreams? How odd. I'll, I'll I wonder what see it means. someone fall in, I'll jump in, and then all of a sudden that person isn't there anymore. And I've jumped in to save someone that isn't there, and then I can't get out. What does it mean? People were having pretty much the same dream. What does it mean? Yeah. It probably just means that we have massive anxiety. Yeah, probably. Probably. And we want to protect everyone else, hence jumping into the water and then be like, actually, no, I'm now stuck. <laughs> yes, I've just screwed myself over. Whoops, the daisy. Mine often will be like a bit like Titanic, where there'll be like a floating piece of door or something. And all my animals, all my pets will be like in the sea and I'm trying to catch them. And as I'm catching them, they're jumping back in and I just can't keep on top because I have a lot of pets. And it's just this full on panic of I need to save everybody, but everybody's not saving themselves. And yeah, and you have to keep DiCaprio for trying to get on there as well. But like, no, yeah, yeah. get back. Just get in the sea. There's no room. Fuck up. Yeah. Go on that door over there with Rose. There's loads of rooms. No, apparently there's none. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, back to the tower. The Beauchamp Tower was used as a prison for lower-ranking prisoners, and it's famous for the inscriptions believed to have been left by its prisoners. So they were, like, chiselling away at the wall and writing stuff, which is a bit sad. Yeah. Kind of cool that you can go and visit that now and see it from like what the 16th century, 15th century. It's pretty crazy, yeah. pretty crazy, but uh, pretty sad, very sad. Yeah. And lastly, the chapel of Saint Peter ad Vincula, and I hope I've said that right, which is the final resting place of the more famous prisoners of the tower. Although we know it for its more ghastly past, the tower has had many purposes throughout history, being firstly a fortress, then a palace, then a prison, and an execution site. It's always had an armoury that holds the crown jewels, and now it's a museum and a tourist attraction. Oh. You sounded surprised. Did you not know it was a tourist attraction? No, I was just giving a little bit of feedback. So there's a little bit of like, oh yeah, Becky's there. Okay, <laughs> good. The Yorkshire last, who's the biggest blonde is here. The blonde's here. <laughs> Talking to the nasal queen. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're going to concentrate just on the prison side and the torture that people had to endure inside its colossal walls. Oh dear, but there was some nightmarish shit went down. Well, we're going to talk about some. That's what I love, apparently, because I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm so down for torture. I just <laughs> love it so much. So passionate about torture. Medieval torture, like. Just medieval torture, yeah. not the modern day, sh- that modern day shite. 
<laughs> okay. The Tower of London served as a prison for about 900 years, which is a fucking long time. It is a little bit. From the 1100s until the mid-20th century. And then when you think 1100s, that, that's just stupidly long ago. Yeah. Mid-20th. Mid-20th. Do, do you know the exact year? Well, no, I suppose not. I do know the exact year, actually. 1952. Holy shit. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So during this time, the tower held a wild... A wild? Nope. <laughs> wild parties and everyone <laughs> went to rave. <laughs> Polar bears there in the corner. <laughs> With the sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging his sewage fish around. <laughs> Type of party I want to be at. During this time, the tower had a wide variety of prisoners, including political and religious figures, members of nobility and common criminals. The tower's role as a prison began to decline in the 19th century as the British government built new prisons and moved away from the practice of holding prisoners in old fortresses and castles. By the early 20th century, the tower was no longer used as a prison for common criminals but it continued to hold political prisoners during the world wars. Oh, the special prisoners. The special to prisoners. stay in the special horrible dungeon. Ooh. The last prisoners to be held in the Tower of London, and this blew my mind, was the notorious Cray Twins. I knew you were going to say Cray Twins. Did you really? When you said, and this blew my mind, I was like, I bet it was the Crays. It was. the right year. It was the Crays. Mm. And they were held That's in there. Crazy. It is crazy. They were held in there up until 1952 for failing to report for national service, which, again, all the other shit that they did that they could have been locked up in the Tower of London for. But no, it was failing to report for national service. Yeah. Well. Uh, so, yeah, again, I'm just showing how little I know about the, you know, my country's own history because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it was still a prison. Because I just, in my mind, it was like a medieval thing. Well, yeah, when you think of like a castle dungeon, you think of a long, long time ago. You didn't think of up to the 1950s. And yet, I was wrong. Oh. So what exactly could a prisoner of the tower expect during their stay? Well, it had a lot of different horrific ways to torture people. So let's go through a few. Firstly, the well-known rack. You've heard of this, oh. yeah. Well, they pull you. Yeah. Where the prisoners mm. would be attached by the hands and feet onto a wooden structure, then the torturer would use a crank to stretch people, causing unimaginable pain as their joints dislocated and their bones eventually broke. So even if you did survive the rack, you were irreparably mutilated. And when you said crank, I, all I could think was pull the lever, crank. Wrong lever! <laughs> oh, that, that film doesn't get enough credit that was a, good oh, it was film. a brilliant film brilliant i can just see some hipster naming their barbecue restaurant the rack yes it would make a good restaurant name wouldn't it well i kind of kind of i know you don't like meat but you can see where they'd get that from but yeah, yeah. let's carry on let's get more torture please more torture please <laughs> The manacles were also used. These seem to be some of the less imaginative devices and yet probably excruciatingly painful all the same. 
they were metal restraints placed on the wrists or ankles, depending which way you wanted to hang the prisoner. Oh. Yeah. After hanging for a while, gravity would do its job and your sockets would become dislocated. Oh. One of the worst I found was the Judas Cradle, which is basically a chair that has a pyramid shape on the seat. The prisoner would be lowered onto it and, well, you can imagine, the further they were lowered, the more damage the tip of the pyramid did. So they had to sit on it bum first. They were lowered onto it, so I imagine they were, like, suspended somehow and then kind of just lowered and it went further and further in whatever hole or it made its own hole or... Oh, my... The world's first pyramid scheme. <laughs> Jesus, Becky. <laughs> and lastly, the strapado. I haven't heard of this one. No. I had something very dodgy in my mind when I read strapado, but it's got nothing to do with that. To me, it sounds like a a bit like the Fonz. The Fonz? You know, the Fonz in... Yeah, I know who the Fonz is. So I've just Yeah, no but idea it sounds what... like a cousin of his. Say it again. Strapado. Yeah, it's my cousin Strapado. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain's weird. It also sounds like strap-on, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking of. But uh, no, you went with the Fonz, which is, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't always go dirty, so sometimes I go the Fonz. No, sometimes you go, happy days. Happy days. Monday, Tuesday, happy days. Happy days. (laughs) I used to love that. So the strapado was a lot like the manacles, but with a twist, literally. The prisoners' hands would be tied behind their back and then they would be hoisted up by the wrists, instantly dislocating the shoulders. And then they'd be quickly dropped to the floor before beginning the process over and over again. Fucking hell. I also found that the Tower of London was home to the horrendous Iron Maiden that we all know, right? This coffin-like device with all the spikes on the inside. Yeah. And apparently there's even one in the museum at the Tower of London. But I found contradicting research here, so I'm just putting this out there. Not sure if it's true or not, but apparently the Iron Maiden was made up. It didn't actually exist. And it was it was never a torture device. Oh. There you go. Or was it just like decorative? Or like for kids, like, hey, behave. If not, into the... Iron Maiden. Yeah, into the medieval chokey. <laughs> I've no idea, but apparently it was never actually used to torture people. And it is an imaginary device that people have concocted over the years. So like if we still tortured, like, you know, we would have eventually got to that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe I'm wrong and it does exist. But after what I found, it didn't. It doesn't. It's imaginary. So why somebody felt the need to invent or imagine the Iron Maiden, I've no idea. Because there are plenty of other torture devices that are as horrific, if not more. Yeah. Another way the tower guards found to torture the prisoners was by using the rats that were everywhere inside the prison. <laughs> they would put a few rats in an upside down bowl onto a prisoner's stomach. 
Then put hot coals on the top of the bowl that was actually the bottom of the bowl because it's upside down. Yeah. Yeah, it's upside down. Mm. And as the bowl heated up, the rats would panic and start eating their way to freedom through the person's stomach. Horrific. I've said that one's in the York dungeon. You can see that. Go there with all the family. Go ahead. I think rats were used quite a lot. And I think they also did something even, I don't, I mean, it's not more horrific. It's just the idea of it is more horrific. But I think they also did it with a tube in your bum. I've heard of that as well. well. Unless it's like the Iron Maiden where someone made it up. But they love putting things in bums. They love that shit. Yeah. I mean, look at the pyramidy thing. Yeah. That was usually up the bum. So a tube would be inserted in somebody's bum, rat put in the tube, and then hot stuff at the end. So the rat would panic and just... Oh, God. Just makes you want to clench. Ah, well, everything you've said so far have been very much cringing here. I hope no one's driving while listening to this. They're just <laughs> going to cringe themselves into an accident. <laughs> Please don't sue us. I've done. I've done now. I mean, I've came across many different ways of torture from other countries that were absolutely horrific. But for the Tower of London, I've done now. Okay. So now we've talked about the many ways people were tortured in the tower, let's talk about some of its more famous ghosts. Possibly the most well-known is the ghost of Anne Boleyn, who was Henry VIII's second wife. She is the reason that the Church of England exists, as Henry couldn't divorce his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, without the Pope's permission. So he just went and created his own church that he was the head of, and he could decide whatever he wanted to do, basically. So once he married Anne, he had one daughter, Elizabeth I. However, Mm -hmm. Henry was so desperate for a son and all their attempts after Elizabeth led to miscarriages. And so Henry, being the piece of shit that he was, started looking for a new wife in Jane Seymour. How bad was Henry, though, that he was so pussy blind that he created a whole new church? I know. I mean, that's that's being a bit extra, in it, really? Yeah. And then he got bored with her within, like, five minutes. Yeah. 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 But how can he get rid of Anne? Well, he made up a load of bullshit reasons, to be honest. She was accused of witchcraft. She was accused of incest for having an affair with her brother, George, which, of course, she wasn't. But she was still executed on May 9th, 1536, a day later than expected, as Henry at least did her a favour of bringing a very experienced executioner all the way from France. Henry married Jane on the 30th of the same month. What a piece of of shit. Yeah, absolute piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Anne's brother George was also executed, you know, for shits and giggles. Ugh. Didn't they think that he had brain damage after following a jousting accident or a hunting That's how he died. Though? Oh, I don't know now. Was it a wild boar or was it a jousting accident? Yeah, but he, I swear when he was younger, he he had an accident. And ever since then, that's when he started his whole wanting to marry and all these other people and stuff. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that bit. I mean, that could account for it, uh, I suppose. But yeah. So, you know, don't chop people's heads off. No, it's not nice. No, it's not. Anne's ghost has been seen many times, mostly at the tower, wandering the halls, holding her head. Why? Why can't she just have a head? 
Why can't she just stick it back on? Exactly. She was once seen by a guard who promptly fainted. Fair enough. I'd faint. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't blame him. After probably pissing my pants. Or I'd faint and piss my pants at the same time. There would definitely be some yeah. soilage and faintage. Yeah, multitasking. Yeah, absolutely. So he promptly fainted at the site, and when he came to, Anne's headless body was standing over him, a bit like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> My head's fallen off and I'm still not on the floor. I'm not fainting. What are you doing, yeah. you pussy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's been seen in a ghostly carriage going towards her home, Bliking Hall in Norfolk. Apparently, this is only seen on the anniversary of her death. Her father and brother are both said to still haunt the home also. That made me kind of sad because it's on the anniversary of her death. So is it like her trying to get home into her safe space so that she doesn't get executed? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like what she wished could have happened. Yeah. Instead. Yeah. Aww. Bless her. She's also seen wandering around her gravesite that's in the chapel St. Peter ad Vincula that we talked about earlier. Henry VI was imprisoned in the Wakefield Tower of the Tower of London. Henry VI was murdered at the altar in the king's private chapel in 1471, close to midnight. Henry's ghost is believed to haunt the Wakefield Tower, appearing on the stroke of midnight. During the darkest years in the history of the Tower, at a time when Britain was under increasing religious and political turmoil, torture was reserved for gathering information from people who posed the biggest threat to the stability of the Crown. One of these unfortunate souls was Guy Fawkes, that we all know for attempting to blow up the Houses of Parliament and whose demise is celebrated every bonfire night. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It is weird. It's fucking weird. Why do we do that? Why do we create a straw man or out of feathers or whatever? I was just going to say, did you do the scarecrow thing and throw it in the bonfire? Yeah, and someone always writes Guy on him or something. No, he was always like on a chair. And then we set him on fire. Throw him in the bonfire. And then we all get pissed and set fireworks off. It's so weird. It is really strange. Why? I don't know. Like, if I was hearing that about another country, I'd be like, that whole country is fucking weird. (laughs) But that's what we do. But that's my country, and that's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. And then we do this because he was somebody who wanted to blow up the Houses of Parliament, and he got caught. Mm Mm-hmm. And off to the White Tower he went, and he was sentenced to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, for anyone who doesn't know... Hung, drawn and quartered is a way to execute someone in the worst possible way. They were dragged behind a horse to the gallows, hung until almost dead, but not quite dead. Then their dicks were chopped off. Ooh. Yep. Then they were disemboweled. That must be horrific. So all of that, during all of that, they were alive. And then they were decapitated and their body was chopped into four pieces. Their head was often placed on a stick to warn others not to even think of trying anything similar. Guy, though, he suffered a fair amount of torture at this point and he had given up other people's names that were also plotting, you know, helping him with his plan. And they'd also been sentenced to be hung, drawn and quartered. So he kind of knew what was coming. 
So he was a clever chap, kind of. And as soon as the noose was around his neck, he didn't wait and he jumped, therefore breaking his neck instantly and getting him out all of the other hideous stuff. Yeah. What were they? Were they wanting to lower him down rather than him jumping off there? Well, yeah, they were going. Yeah, they were going to do a controlled Just hanging. Kind of lift him up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to hang him a bit, make you know, and then pull him back up. And I didn't know they cut their dicks off. No, I didn't know that, but yes, they did. Oh my! None of it was pleasant. I used to think when I was younger, oh, being dragged by a horse isn't that bad, but actually, it fucking is because it like. Well, it's like giving you yourself constant road rash until you get to wherever you're supposed to go. You don't have any, anything to protect yourself. It'll just scrape all your skin off. It depends. Is a, is a horse walking? I don't imagine the horse was walking. The horse would have been I, galloping. I assume a, a, possibly not a gallop because I don't think, I think that'd just kill you too quickly. It must be like a, a decent trot. Yeah, a canter. A canter. Like a, like, no, a canter. Like a, like a jolly trot, you know, when they do the little clippity-cloppity. Oh, but that, a trot's almost worse because it's bumpier. Yeah, I reckon that's what it would be. A canter, you go over a rock at the wrong, at the wrong angle. That's it, you've knocked the person out or they're, they're already dead. So I've actually been dragged by a horse. Not, like, because I was being punished or anything. Not because you were trying to blow up Parliament. No, no, no. Yeah. Nobody found out about that. no i was just horse riding and i fell off a horse my foot got found out about that (laughs) sorry go on you were what in the horse i was riding a horse and i fell off and uh, it got spooked and it reared up and i fell off and my foot got caught in the stirrup and the horse just sped off galloping dragging me it knocked me unconscious even though i was wearing a hat a helmet no it's called a riding hat darling all right. Okay. It is a helmet, but it's called a riding hat. All right. But you just said a hat, so. Well, yeah. Because, well, because, you know, I'm... Well, I'm... it's because you just, you know the lingo. I, I'm but a novice. <laughs> I've never, I've only been horse riding, what, twice? And I didn't like it. No, well, I must admit, after this, I, did, I didn't. But before that, I was, you know, I did ride horses quite a lot. And it was in a forest, so it was quite soft ground. It wasn't like a cobbled road or anything. Yeah. But still, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not fun. No. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. Luckily for me, the stirrup strap actually broke and uh, I was free and the horse didn't drag me forevermore. But yeah, that wasn't fun. So yeah, being dragged through a cobbled street, and it's medieval time, so you know the street's going to be lined with people throwing rubbish and rocks and shouting at you and spitting at you and shit. Yeah, rotten tomatoes. Yeah, all that. But anyway, he escaped being hung, drawn and quartered. And the worst thing is, I bet people were gutted. I bet people were sad because they were having a day out. They were going to go and watch yeah, this guy. rob them of their entertainment for yeah, the day. Yeah, exactly. The whole family were really sad. Got a little oh. picnic. <laughs> Polar bears being let out for the day. Yeah, his sunglasses <laughs> on. It seems so that Guy didn't escape punishment for his treason as he was to relive his torture over and over again. Some have claimed to hear his pained cries of anguish as he begs for mercy, long after his execution coming from the White Tower. Side note, if this method of execution sounds familiar, it might be because you've watched Braveheart. 
And in fact, William Wallace was held in the Tower of London in 1305 before being hung, drawn and quartered. He was alive for all of it until his beheading. His bloodied oh. body's parts were displayed all around London for all to see. Imagine just walking down, doing a bit of shopping, and like seeing a severed head or like a severed arm. Yeah. It's just like, what was normal back then? Eh? It's just crazy. It's just, ugh, I can't even imagine it. And also, it, after it would smell. I know that everything smelled. <laughs> but dead things have a smell smell and everybody smelled as well everybody stank <laughs> okay yeah margaret pole countess of salisbury was executed on the 27th of may 1541 by orders of henry the eighth here he's at it again for treason she was at the time 67 so for that period 67 was fucking old yeah her execution was nothing short of a nightmare as the first attempt at beheading missed and so she began to run away. Bless her heart. Oh. And the executioner was running after her, slicing and hacking at her when he could until she was dead. Oh, my. F That's horrific. I think that what should have been the rule is if the executioner misses, you, it's like free pass, get out of jail, yeah. jail free. Wasn't that a thing that if you were going, if you were put to death, but it didn't work, then you, you were let go? I'm sure that was a well, thing. Well, I hope it was. Well, it obviously wasn't when Henry was giving the orders. No, definitely not. That poor woman. 67. It'd be like fight or flight. It'd be like an instinct to just run away. Mm. And you wouldn't, almost you wouldn't even be able to help it. And you're just getting hacked at by a wanker in a mask. In a mask, yeah. Mm. She's also buried in the St. Peter's Chapel. The ghostly reenactment of the chase has been witnessed and visitors have heard her screams and pleas for mercy. A number of spectral animals has been heard over the years, including monkeys, lions and horses, but only one has actually been seen. A guard at the tower claimed a ghostly bear charged him. Though the guard attempted to bayonet the animal, which kept coming at him, Soon the sword went through the animal. The guard was carried unconscious to his quarters where he died of shock a few hours later. The bear is nicknamed Old Martin and his skull and skin were for a time at the Natural History Museum but now have been returned to the tower to be exhibited. So how did they know that he was seeing a bear? Was he screaming it? I have no idea. There must have been other guards there. Yeah, I suppose it was. I bet he's like, there's a bear! Oh, poor man. I know. Died Terrible. of shock. Well, you would do, especially if it was a polar bear in his shades with his sewer fish. <laughs> yeah, and with his sewer fish, spinning that around. <laughs> Perhaps the most touching... Oh, this is sad. Perhaps the most touching ghostly sightings is that of young King Edward V, who was 12, and his nine-year-old brother Richard, Duke of York. The boys were taken to the tower by a relative who wanted to take over their power, basically, and become king. And they disappeared in 1483. The bones of the two children were later found under a staircase at the Tower of London and given a proper burial at Westminster Abbey. Their apparitions have been seen standing together, hand in hand, in nightshirts, looking very lost. Oh, I know. Poor babies. 
They have also been seen to be playing and giggling together, which is a nicer thought. Yeah. The Tower of London is seeped in dark history and its walls still hold the tortured souls of those who died there, making it a must-see destination if you're into the more horrific side of British history. And there you go. The Tower of London. Fucked up. Yeah. To be fair, I always thought that the French loved a good bit of torture and the guillotine. But yeah, I think those Brits are just as bad. God. I think we beat them, to be fair. I didn't see much French. I saw a little bit of Spanish. I think the Spanish liked it. Partial to a bit of the old torture. Uh, Well, the French used the guillotine up until the 70s. So they definitely win with that. Yeah, but that's quick. No, uh, a lot of the time it wasn't very sharp. You had to go about three times. But yes, the chances of the missing was a lot less. Yes. Uh, Also, look, Henry VIII, he brought a French executioner from France to get Anne Boleyn because they were so bloody good at it. Yeah, I just loved it. Loved chopping people's heads off. I think it's more the whole chopping head off rather than the torture. Yeah, we were we were more into like long suffering. Yeah. The agony. French were all too busy just sleeping with each other and be like, "Oh, mon amour, oh, mon amour," and smoking, and smoking, and being the on and again, off again couple with the British royal family and their royal family. Yeah, I'm not up on the history, but William the Conqueror was French, wasn't he? He had a claim to the English throne, hence the um, Norman invasion. Anyway, well, I'm done. That was fun. I do like a good history lesson. And uh, there you go, you got one. And the Tower of London isn't a Rapunzel Tower. (laughs) It's like a castle. It is a castle. I think at some point when I'm feeling better, I think we should go to the Tower of London, Becky. Ah, that's one place that I wouldn't mind going. It doesn't sound too bad. The only thing that bothers me about the Tower of London is how touristy it will be. It'll be full of people. And I'll be like, ugh, two people in here. Where's all the proper ghosts? I don't like the people. Give me the ghosts. Where's the bear? I just want to see the bear. I just want to see the disco bear. (laughs) Disco bear. Disco bear. Right. I don't know how the bear turned into DJ bear, but there it is. (laughs) It's all them wild parties. That's what we do. Anyway, shall I stick a trailer here? Yeah. Go trailer. If you like weird, spooky, and strange history, then I have the podcast for you. My name is Brenda, and I'm the host of Horrifying History. Are you into the dark side of history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, the paranormal, and unsolved mysteries, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Get your horrifying history fix by subscribing today on Spotify, Spreaker, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Right, Bex? Yep. It's my turn. I'm scared. The last two weeks have been horrendous. What have you cooked up this week? Well, my thought process, Okay, we're going to start with that, was I thought of the name of our podcast and thought, actually, serial killers is what I'm supposed to be talking about. (laughs) So let's do one of those again. I mean, let's be honest with everybody. We went for the name because it rhymed. And we wanted to do paranormal and true crime, and it fitted. I think people have gathered that it doesn't always mean serial killers. 
Yeah, but I thought I'd do one every now and again. No, and to be fair, with the given the name of this particular serial killer, you'll see why I chose it. Let's go. Okay, Mario. It's Mario time. Mario time. <laughs> My story this week centers around the three barrels name of David Parker Ray. So we know straight away that he's a guy because I gave you his middle name. David Parker Ray, that rings a bell. Yeah. So he was born in November 1939 in Belen, I think Belen, New Mexico. And he grew up in a troubled household. So they all kind of oh. start the same way. We're not starting off great, are we? I oh, know, no. What was going on? I mean, but then again, so many people have bad childhoods and they don't end up doing what this guy does. No, of course not. Of course not. Absolutely. But still, there is definitely a pattern, isn't there, with the whole serial killers. He might have even bashed his head at one point, but I don't have a lot of information on his early life. Do you know what happened in his household or just that it was just not great he had a really difficult relationship with his father who was very abusive towards him and his siblings as a young boy david was bullied by his peers for his shyness around girls these insecurities eventually drove i was calling by his last name which is ray so they eventually drove ray to drink well to alcoholism and to abuse drugs as well. As a teenager, Ray had several run-ins with the law and was eventually arrested and convicted for burglary and serving several years in prison. After he got out, he served in the US Army and later received an honourable discharge. I don't know what for. I don't know if he hurt himself or what. Mm. Ray was married and divorced four times. That's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, but he's probably a sweet talker, obviously. He eventually found work as a mechanic with New Mexico State Parks and then seemingly managed to mellow out and live a normal life. The end. Oh, that that was good. That was good. <laughs> it's a lie. You're lies. lying. Lies. Oh, lies. Lies. It would have been good. It would have been good for the poor people that he eventually would eventually come to Absolutely. Uh, destroy. It, w- it would have made a shit story, though. No, yeah, it would. I wouldn't have spoken about him. What, you're normal? You're not worth talking about. I don't want to talk about you. Um, what the fuck is wrong with us? Seriously. <laughs> Jesus. I've done about six different voices since the beginning of this. <laughs> unless you cut some out. <laughs> anyway, so, however, he wasn't just living a normal life because he was secretly harboring twisted fantasies of abducting and torturing women, which is when you started talking about torturing everyone, I was like, oh my God, I'm talking about torture too. It's like we're a psychic. Uh, would I say great minds or would I say sick minds? Yeah. Like, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Weird people. It remains unclear as to when David Parker Ray's crime spree began, but it's believed to have started sometime in the mid-1950s. In the early 1990s, he began construction on a soundproofed truck trailer, which he equipped with various instruments of torture including medical equipment, sex toys, and other implements. Oh, sounds sordid, seedy. Horrible. Manky, manky. 
Ray then began abducting women, bringing them to what he would later call his toy box. <laughs> ah, this is why it's familiar. Yeah, thus later on earning him the name the Toy Box Killer. So he then began abducting women, bringing them to his toy box and subjecting them to horrific torture and sexual abuse. He often videotaped his crimes and would play a recording of his own voice for the women, telling them what was about to happen to them and what he planned to do. He even brought his friends round to rape the victims, often helped by his girlfriend. So he just sounds great. His whole friend group just sound like complete... They're, they're all utter psychopaths, right? Yeah. I've listened to the recording and it's it's quite a long recording. I can't remember how long it is, but it's like a good half an hour or so, I think. Yeah, he put the time in. Did you listen to it? I've listened to some of it, but yeah, not the whole not the whole thing. It was just We'll clips. have to put it up on the page. It's probably on YouTube. But yeah, it's yeah. literally like you're here, there's nothing you can do about it, this is going to happen, some of it you're really not going to like, some of it, you know, you might be okay with, but you've got no choice, and you're not going anywhere, I've done this many times before, I mean, can you imagine, like, coming to, and just hearing this, and he had it on repeat, like, oh, it's horrendous. Horrific, yeah. On the 19th of March, 1999, 22-year-old Cynthia Vigil, who was a sex worker, was working in a parking lot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when a man claiming to be an undercover cop told her she was under arrest for solicitation, and he told her to come and get into the back of his car. That man was our piece of shit of the week, was David Parker Ray. So he brought Cynthia to his nearby toy box... So seedy. Horrible. Where he chained her to a chair. Once Cynthia calmed down a little bit and could see through her tears, she realised that she was chained to a gynecologist chair positioned in the centre of the trailer. Complete with the... This is disgusting. The whole thing's disgusting, but he also put a mirror on the ceiling. Yeah. She would later realise that it was so that his victims could witness the atrocities being inflicted upon them. That's just awful. Horrific. He really wanted the victim to see and feel just everything and really be there with him. Yeah. Yeah. The floor was littered with an assortment of tools of torture, including whips, chains, pulleys, straps, clamps, leg spreader bars surgical blades, sex toys, saws, and more. Saws! Just a real torture chamber, but really dirty and disgusting and seedy and horrible. Yeah, just like completely perverted and sick. Over the next three days, he raped and tortured Cynthia. With the help from his girlfriend and accomplice, Cindy Hendy, Ray and Hendy used whips, medical and sexual instruments and electric shocks to torment Cynthia. And just before the torture, Ray played the famous cassette tape with a recording detailing what she would be forced to endure that day. So he kind of personalised it with what was going to go on. On the cassette, Ray explained that she was only to refer to him as 
master and the woman with him as mistress and never speak to unless spoken to first. He then went on to explain exactly how he would rape and abuse her. So it's completely sadistic, disgusting. Yeah, he's just mind-fucking them completely. I mean, the absolute terror they must have felt listening to that. For days, this went on. So on the third day of her captivity, Cynthia was left chained up in the trailer while David Parker was away at work. Ray's accomplice, Cindy Hendy, accidentally left the keys to Cynthia's restraints on a nearby table, giving Cynthia a chance to escape. So she took this chance straight away. She quickly freed her hands and lunged for the keys. Cindy Hendy tried to stop her, but Cynthia fought back and stabbed her with an ice pick because she's fucking amazing. Go on. After freeing herself, Cynthia ran out of the trailer wearing nothing but a slave collar and padlock chains. She desperately sought help and knocked on the door of a nearby mobile home. The homeowner let her in and called the police. Thank fuck, because if this was a horror film, you'd just go straight into a neighbour's house that was, like, in on it. Yeah, yeah, that had been there at the parties. Yeah, because I don't know if Cynthia had anyone else come in the trailer apart from him and his girlfriend, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. So, luckily, yeah, the homeowner let her in and called the police who promptly arrested Ray and Hendy. This led to the discovery of the pair's many heinous crimes. After the arrest, they promptly obtained a warrant to search his home and the trailer. The search yielded a shocking and disturbing discovery. Inside Ray's toy box, authorities found a horrific torture setup, including a wooden contraption which was apparently used to immobilise Ray's victims while he and his friends raped them. Chilling diagrams on the wall showed different methods for inflicting pain. (sighs) But all of the disturbing discoveries found in the Toy Box Killer's trailer, perhaps the most horrifying one was a videotape from 1996, which showed a terrified woman being raped and tortured by Ray and his girlfriend. This didn't surprise Cynthia as by the way he he spoke to her. She said, and this is a quote, I didn't feel like this was his first time. It was like he knew what he was doing. And he told me that I was never going to see my family again. He told me he would kill me like the others. Everything about this is horrific. It is horrendous. So, yeah, as I said earlier, the police arrested Ray and his accomplices, which was his girlfriend, and his daughter, who were also involved in the crimes. Weren't they helping him pick up women? I think so. Well, he got Cynthia kind of by himself, by posing yeah, as yeah, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as there were multiple, I'm pretty sure his daughter or his girlfriend, I can't remember which, had picked up. In fact, I think his girlfriend, like, picked up her friend, like her own friend. Yeah, well, they used it to their advantage because people trusted, they trusted, well, obviously if it was their friend, but you'd trust women. You'd more likely to get in a car with a woman than you are with a man. Yeah, yeah. Following the media coverage of Ray's arrest for abducting Cynthia, another woman came forward with a similar harrowing account. 
Angelica Montano, an acquaintance of Ray's, visited his residence to borrow a cake mix, but was instead drugged, raped and subjected to torture. After being brutally assaulted, Angelica was left by the side of the highway in the desert for dead. Yeah. Fortunately, the police found her alive, but there was no further investigation into her case. Because what Ray did was he often used these drugs, such as sodium pentothal. Oh, and there's another drug there, but I don't know how to pronounce that. (laughs) So he used those to sedate his victims while he tormented them, making it difficult for them to recall the details of their torture if they survived. So he did it all on purpose. Is that like the rape drug then? I suppose so. Um, So when Angelica was found, she couldn't quite tell the police what had gone on. But she knew something had gone on. She knew something had gone on. I think she knew that she'd been raped and stuff, but just couldn't couldn't really remember everything. And obviously she was beaten up, so they knew something was wrong. They just couldn't find any evidence. that They couldn't get enough evidence to point towards anyone. Yeah. After both Cynthia and Angelica were willing to testify against Ray, the case against the toy box killer gained strength. Ray's accomplice and girlfriend, Cindy Hendy, was pressured by the police and eventually agreed to provide information about the abductions. Hendy's cooperation led to the revelation that Ray had received help from multiple individuals during the kidnappings and assaults including his own daughter, Glenda, or Jessie, as she was called, Jessie Ray, and his friend, Dennis Roy Yancey. A lot of these heinous crimes and kidnappings resulted in murder. Did he have two daughters, or was she called Glenda Jessie? She was called Glenda Jessie Ray. Okay. But her name was, like, Jessie. Yeah, they called her Jessie. Yeah, and the other person was Dennis Roy Yancey. So Yancey later confessed to being involved in the brutal killing of Marie Parker. Parker had been abducted, drugged and brutally tortured for days by Ray and his daughter. Fuck it. Before Yancey strangled her to death in 1997. How do these fucked up people find each other? This is what... How does this conversation come about? Like, how do you get to talking and like, oh yeah, I really want to capture girls, torture them, rape them, keep them for days and then kill them? Oh yeah, I want to do that too. Oh, oh, that's great. Let, do you know what I mean? How does that happen? Yeah. Because like, this guy's not only got his bird in it, he's got his mate in it, his daughter in it. Mental. I mean... I don't know how old his daughter was when all this happened, but what he was born in 1939 and these were this was in the 90s. So, yeah, his daughter was possibly in her 20s when this was all happening. So, I don't know how she grew up, whether she was pressured into doing it or just thought it was normal or was just a, another piece of shit. I'm not sure. Following these horrific stories... It was found out that at least one more woman had managed to survive the toy box killer's torture chamber. And it was the same woman who was on that tape that they found that was being raped and tortured in 1996, that video tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after information was released to the public about the woman in the video, she was identified as Kelly Garrett by her ex-mother-in-law. Was it by a tattoo or something, wasn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. Kelly Garrett was a farmer friend of Jesse, so his daughter, David Ray's daughter. That's the link. That's it. That's the link. Yeah. And on the 24th of July, 1996, Kelly got into a fight with her then-husband and decided to cool down by playing pool at a local saloon with Jesse. However, unbeknownst to her, Jesse had been spiking her beer with drugs. And afterwards, along with her father, they placed her in the car and put a dog collar on her. Jesus. And took her to the now famous Toy Box Killers trailer, where Ray raped and tortured her for two days before slitting her throat and leaving her for dead on the side of the road. Kelly miraculously survived the brutal attack, but neither, get this, fucking wankers, neither the police nor her husband believed her story. And in fact, the fucking husband believed that she had cheated on him that night and he would later file for divorce that same year. So she slit her own throat then, did she? Yeah, she raped herself for two days and then slit her own throat and threw herself on the road. Fucking wanker. She'd been tortured. Jesus. Piece of shit. And also the fucking police. What fucking idiot. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but that so angered me. They could have stopped all those other girls from being killed. What an actual... I hope that husband knows how much of a piece of shit he is. I hope he groveled. I hope he groveled and then received a shit sandwich to the face. Yeah, bag of dicks. Yeah, the Mm. bag of dicks, but really horrible dicks. Not the nice kind. Yeah. Due to the effects of the drugs, Kelly had limited recollection of the events over those two days, but remembered being raped by the toy box killer. Like I said, the police didn't believe us, so they didn't look into it. So back to the investigation that was happening when Cynthia escaped him. While police were investigating the Toy Box Killer's trailer, they uncovered evidence of numerous murders, including diaries written by Ray, which detailed the brutal deaths of several women. Authorities also uncovered hundreds of pieces of jewellery, clothes and other personal possessions according to the fbi these items were believed to have belonged to ray's victims keeping little keepsakes was he yeah that plus the effort that he had put into his toy box points to a horrifically large number of potential murder victims but despite all the evidence the authorities were unable to create additional cases even with the help of the girlfriend Cindy Hendy and the daughter. No other bodies were found in the areas that they said that there were some bodies buried, so they couldn't exactly remember where they were, so they went and did a search and couldn't find any bodies. Ray was charged with numerous counts of kidnapping, sexual assault and murder, even though he never confessed to killing anyone. Despite his protests of innocence, Ray was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to 223 years in prison. That'll do it. Yeah. However, and he did this on purpose, I'm sure, he died in May of 2002, just a few months after his sentencing from a heart attack. Oh! And I just feel really cheated. Yeah. Really, really cheated out of that. What an arsehole. What a dickhead. The full extent of his crimes is unknown, but my heart goes out to anyone whose life was affected by this piece of shit and to all the women who have not yet been found. Absolutely. Thanks, Bex. 
I've just realised that I didn't put if the daughter and girlfriend were put in prison. They were, but I don't know for how long. I probably. I can always have a look now, quickly. <laughs> I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, or if I'm getting mixed up with another killer, but I'm pretty sure it's him. They'd have these parties with, like, people that would come to look at their new toy, you know, the girls that they kidnapped, and obviously everybody would have a go raping them. But he also enjoyed watching his dogs rape the girls. His dogs were trained to come in and have sex with the girls, which is horrendous. I didn't go that far into it, but uh, that's horrific. And I think he was quite good at brainwashing the girls as well, which is, I mean, obviously there was a lot of drugs involved, but... He got really good at, like, wiping people's memory of what had happened. Yeah, well, I think that's why twice people survived and twice couldn't give enough information to... Yeah, because they just to get didn't the police remember. To go after him, so I just can't remember. Yeah, no, he was, he was quite good at, like, proper just fucking with people's brains, basically. A horrible piece of shit. Yeah. Cindy Hendy only served 19 years in prison for her devastating crimes. Is she alive? Yeah. What a piece of shit. People like that don't deserve to get out. Isn't it bizarre that we both went? I mean, because you couldn't have chosen a better true crime story to go with a torture story. We should just call this episode the torture episode. The torture episode. Isn't that weird? We're definitely on the same wavelength. Yeah. Didn't last time that we did just an episode together, didn't we do similar stories? Possibly. Possibly. I have to look back. Yeah, and especially the fact that I've half got ready a story for next week because it was what I was originally going to go with, but it's going to be long. Oh, good to know. I'll do a short one next week then. But yeah, so I was like, no, it's too long. I'm not going to have it finished. So I started this new one and I was like, ooh. Yes, I want that one. And I went for it. There we are, the torture episode. Have you got a horror song for me, baby? I have. It's not about torture, though. Oh. Okay. Well, that's good. Let's end on a good. It's not a happy one. It's still like horror song. I'm going to try and not sing it because every bone in my body wants to sing it. (laughs) I know she's bad for me. I know this won't end well, but I can't stay away from her. And she doesn't want me to. She tells me not to worry. She says at least we're together. Neither of us can live without it now, anyway. There's no more fighting it. Death will find us both. But at least we'll be together. Together and numb. Forever young. I always knew she'd be the death of me. There you go. Any ideas? I'm not far. You're not far, is it at the tip of your tongue? I think so. I bet people are going to have fun guessing that one. Yep. I don't think it was that hard. Do you think it was hard? I nearly got it. Yeah. I don't think it's hard. Right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, so you can contact us on social media at scsk underscore podcast. So we're on TikTok Instagram, Twitter, or you can also catch us on YouTube and Facebook on Spine Chillers and Serial Killers podcast. Or you can send me an email 
to just uh, say hi or suggest any cases to us. And that email address is chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. Oh, while we were recording, I got a little message oh. uh, about our voices. And it said, you're all extremely individual. And yes, we can definitely tell you apart. You're all amazingly fantastic in your own ways. Oh, there you go. Yay. That was from John. Thanks, John. Cheers, me dears. Right. Stay safe, people. Don't kill people or torture. <laughs> oh, no, definitely don't torture people. And keep it weird. Bye. However, in the night... Oh, God, I'm going to yawn again. Hold on. Oh, don't I'm going to yawn. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> Leave that in the podcast. Everyone's going to be like... <laughs> yawn break. Yeah. It feels good to yawn. It does. It is very satisfying. Personally, if dicks were rainbow coloured, I'd probably suck them a lot more. Oh, God, I know I'm cutting that out. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I'd be like, which colour can can I get down today? All the way to blue? <laughs> Ooh, purple, my personal best. Right, no. Way A. That's not staying in.